0: This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott.
1: Hello, hope you're okay and had a good weekend. Thanks for downloading today's podcast on Monday, April 4th. First up, we're talking about electric cars and the struggle one Medway man's had charging his. As you probably know, the sale of new petrol and diesel vehicles will be banned from 2030 to help reduce carbon emissions and clean up the environment. But many are choosing to make the switch sooner. One of them is teacher Lewis Fox, but he keeps getting stranded because the charging point at his nearby supermarket is constantly out of order. He's been speaking to our reporter in the very windy car park.
2: There's four charging units here. Asda in Gillingham they're all run by BP Pulse. As a whole it works okay but whenever there's any maintenance issues it causes quite a lot of trouble for a lot of electric car drivers. Uh, they're quite widely used by a lot of the community down here. Uh, so
3: what's the problem they're just not working?
2: So yeah there's one unit which constantly doesn't work. We have been trying to get them to repair it for two months it finally did get repaired just at the end of february and now it's gone down again so we're relying on two sockets to feed you know the whole community of ev drivers
3: how's it affected you
2: for me it's affected me i've i've been stranded a few times uh, down down here where i live quite close to asda in gillingham so i've had to walk into work i've also had to take time So although I pay for a membership for BP Pulse, I've had to spend extra money on electric chargers elsewhere, which just isn't ideal. Um, What do you think they need to do? They need to up the infrastructure, up the amount of engineers that they've got running who are clearly trying really hard to keep their infrastructure going. BP have just invested three billion into their electric charging units to launch even more. But will that three billion be going into the engineers to come out and repair them when they go wrong?
1: BP haven't responded to our request for a comment.
0: Kent Online reports
1: elsewhere today. Investigations continuing after a man was stabbed to death in Dartford. He was found with stomach injuries in Temple Hill Square on Saturday night and died at the scene. Police believe he was attacked in a car park on Mallard close. Now on to an issue that's been causing headaches for people trying to cross the channel over the last few days. There's been severe disruption at the Port of Dover and Eurotunnel at Folkestone as the Easter getaway coincides with bad weather, a lack of ferries and a broken down train. Lorries were queuing for hours on Friday and Saturday with Operation Brock in Force on the M20. Toby Howes, the senior highways manager at Kent County Council, he says they did everything they could to minimise the disruption.
4: The initial cause was really a perfect storm. So, we had the initial lack of ferries due to the PO problem, which we were prepared for. We had Operation Brock, which is the traffic management system out on the M20 between junctions eight and nine, ready um, for any delays. We then had the Easter Getaway, 1st of April, which was the first real tourist getaway for the past two years through the ports as well. And then Thursday night, there was quite a heavy storm over the channel at Calais and Dunkirk where there were delays to ferries crossing and also one ferry damage. So we were a ferry down. So a backlog from Thursday carried then into Friday and we then had that continuation of backlog into Friday, which followed into Saturday, etc. So that was the initial cause. What we're having to prepare for now, of course, is next weekend there'll be another big getaway of tourists. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday will be very busy for freight again there's still a shortage of ferries so we're not totally out of the woods, but um, hopefully we won't be having the the problems that we had last Thursday night and that initial impact that caused that um, knock on effect, but throughout the Easter holidays, um, we will still have the traffic management systems ready in place. Um, so that hopefully by the end of April we'll be back to business as usual and remove all the the, um, traffic management. I think this weekend really Operation Brock has proved why it is needed. If we hadn't had Operation Brock, at one stage we probably had two and a half thousand lorries held in there. If we didn't have Operation Brock, those two and a half thousand lorries Would have continued down the roads to Dover. So we would have had far more congestion. It would have been possibly similar to Christmas 2020 when we had lorries on every single road queuing gridlocked in Dover. So I think Brock has really proved its worth. There'll be times that will be put out in preparation and maybe won't be needed, but it's better to be prepared, have that in place so that if we do then have that perfect storm such as we had Thursday night, we've got that facility in place in order to then hold those hgvs to to stop too much chaos elsewhere.
1: Kent Online News. Unfortunately, we've got a sad update to bring you on the search for a missing man from Sandwich. 61-year-old Paul Goodwin disappeared just over 2 weeks ago. Police have confirmed they found a body in the River Stour yesterday afternoon. His family's been told about the discovery and the death is not being treated as suspicious. A man in his 30s has been taken to hospital with what's been described as life-changing injuries after a crash in Medway. The car he was driving collided with a lorry on the A228 near High Halstow on the Hoo Peninsula just after seven this morning. A Dartford woman's told Kent Online about her struggles with multiple sclerosis in the workplace after being left unable to walk or talk. Amy Hines was diagnosed with relapsing MS in 2016 while working part-time at an independent school. The condition which damages nerves in your body can cause pain, fatigue and blurred vision. The 35-year-old's been telling our reporter, Sean, what happened when it flared up. I was
0: basically told... That if I needed new equipment to help my condition, to just spend it out of my budget um my de- my department's budget and I just budgeted it in each year just having you know if I need a different computer equipment, again sort of very little signs of empathy. And the biggest problem and the biggest hurdle I had with them was when I had my relapse. I had thankfully, in an awful way of saying it, thankfully, it happened at the beginning of the Christmas holidays. So I wasn't expected to, be in school I was able to take a bit of holiday time which meant awful for my family and friends who had to see me over Christmas um but uh I got to the beginning of January and I said look I can't come back I, my hands were in fists still I couldn't use them I was being cared for by my other half I couldn't walk I could barely talk or give you know instruction to people as to what I was feeling they basically after I'd been off sick for a month said to me okay you need to come back now otherwise we'll give you another week's gratis but if you don't then your pay is going to be cut by 50% because those are our rules like all I could think was okay well I'm in agony I haven't learned how to manage this new part of my life my MS team are being brilliant but it's gonna take a bit of time for us to get there with occupational health and all of that sort of thing, physiotherapy, I've now got to build in more time in my week to go to appointments because I'm now physically and mentally in a worse state than I was a month and a half ago. Um, And it sort of felt like, but I've got to go in because I I, I need the money, I need to pay the mortgage and I need to pay my bills. And I sat down with my other half and we talked about it for a long time. And I said to the schoolers, okay, I'll come back in, but can I just come back in for two days a week instead of three? And I'm like, no, you really need to be there three days a week. Okay, fine, I'll do it. Went back in, and for about the first six weeks, just basically sat staring at my computer the whole time because I was so exhausted from getting into work and the thought of getting back out again in the commuter bill. were you but commuting I from
3: Dartford to to into London?
0: To into South Ken, yeah. So a very easy journey, straight to Victoria, and then a tube. Mm. But still, when you're, I had walking sticks at this point. Um, it's about a four minute walk to the station. I couldn't even manage that. I was having to be driven to the station and collected from the station every day. Um, I'd always been so independent that I hated mm-hmm. the idea that that could be a downfall for me for work. But at the same time, I sort of went okay well that's what they've told me over the next couple of months I asked for an occupational health um, assessment for work from my job I knew that that was a right that I had I uh, fundamentally believed that my employer did not believe in my condition did not believe that what was happening to me was real even though I had gone to the point of copying every single hospital letter which is not something they're legally allowed to do mm. I'd given them a copy of every appointment letter I had even gone so far as to purchase a cd copy of my brain scan or my recent brain scan and gave that to them
1: as well so that they would believe that there was something wrong. I still don't believe they did. She recently spoke to an audience of MPs calling for more to be done to support workers with MS. The government says it's working to improve the everyday lives of disabled people.
0: This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships
1: in Canterbury and Maidstone. Now, if you struggled to get fuel yesterday, you're not the only one. There were reports of four courts running dry in Dover, Folkestone, Medway and Canterbury. It's thought the shortage might have been caused by protesters who've been holding demonstrations outside oil terminals, calling on the government to stop using fossil fuels. Petrol and diesel seems to be available again in most garages today, though a is running bystander training sessions to help tackle sexual harassment. Figures show there have been more than 32,000 reports of stalking and harassment in Kent in the six months to last September. Suki Barker is from the Susie lamplu Trust. Street
5: harassment can include a number of different things. So it can be a single incident of a behaviour that can include catcalling, wolf whistling, groping or pressing up against someone, staring, inappropriate comments or taking photos without someone's consent or inappropriate gestures. The key thing is that this is unwanted and uh, not welcome. It can happen in public spaces, and this includes public transport, um, streets, um, parks. We have found that sadly the prevalence of harassment is quite significant. More than 80% of women have said they've experienced some sort um, of street harassment, which is absolutely terrifying. The number of those that have actually had somebody um, intervene, a bystander intervene in those situations, um, has been quite low, about 25 percent. But when asked where a bystander has intervened, if it's been helpful, 75 um, of, percent of individuals said that it was incredibly helpful. So the Susie Lample Trust, in conjunction with L'Oreal and an NGO Right to Be, are delighted to be able to offer free bystander intervention training across the UK to help people safely assess how they can intervene to assist those experiencing public harassment. We're particularly keen to open the public eye to the scale of harassment that women in particular experience, and we aim to simultaneously discourage harassers, support victims, and encourage bystanders to intervene with the overall aim to affect a
1: cultural shift in the response to street and public harassment.
2: Kent Online
1: reports. The Maidstone councillors made a formal complaint after police with riot shields forced their way into her home by mistake. Margaret Rose says she was almost knocked over after letting them into her Tufton Street flat. They were looking for a rape suspect but had the wrong address. Kent police say the actions of officers are currently being reviewed. Elsewhere today, we're being urged to check our homes as safe to prevent fires and have a plan in place if one breaks out. Kent Fire and Rescue are going to be visiting homes in the county to test things like smoke alarms. Neil Ryder has been telling us more about what they're doing.
3: So on the 7th of April, all fire stations and service departments within the fire service will be delivering home fire safety visits. And that is going to particular areas within own station fire grounds and knocking on residential doors. Once we're inside, we'll be giving them general fire safety advice. Uh, all crews will be taking this leaflet with them. Uh, if we can leave it with them, that'd be great. If not, then obviously we'll come back at another date, hopefully. But what we will be doing is to be turning up in fire brigade uniform. All crews will be, have ID on them, uh, and obviously there will be service vehicles parked outside as well. Once we're inside, we'll have a fire safety visit. Uh, chat with everyone inside, giving basic fire safety advice, uh, what to do in the event of a fire, uh, escape plans, etc. Et we have found that on a number of occasions we have visited properties where no one has smoke alarms. Nearly a quarter of households within Kent and Medway don't have smoke alarms. It's a very, very vital piece of equipment within the pr- property. It gives you early warning, which then obviously gives you that chance to get out of property straight away. Whenever you go to bed at night time is always most important. You should always have what we call a nighttime routine and that's going around your house making sure that you're safe as you possibly can be before you go to bed. Now that's a case of if you have been cooking late at night, everything's nice and cold in the kitchen. If you have candles in the property, they're all blown out. If you uh, go to bed and you find that you close your doors, that's even better for us. As a fire service, we like to keep fires in small boxes with your door shut to your kitchen or your front room, that keeps that fire contained within that property. If that door's open, then obviously that fire can then grow and expand more rapidly. Kent Online News.
1: Work has now resumed on a controversial housing development in Canterbury after a legal challenge to stop it failed. 400 homes are being built at Cockering Farm, but people living nearby are worried about the impact it will have on the environment. A judicial review has been rejected by the High Court. A college campus in Kent is going to have an eco-friendly makeover with plants and grass on the roofs of new buildings. The Hadlow College site on Spring Lane in Canterbury was taken over by East Kent College's group two years ago. Up to five buildings could be demolished and replaced with new teaching blocks designed to boost biodiversity. Some exciting news from Folkestone now as the world's first indoor multi-storey skate park has opened just in time for the Easter holidays. F51 has three skating floors, the tallest climbing wall in the southeast and suspended concrete skating bowls. It costs £17 million to build. Guy Holloway is the architect.
6: So it is a huge project but not only is this a building for the community but it is for entry level but it's also international competition. So that means it will attract people nationally and internationally. And uh, the whole project cost uh, 17 million. That's a huge investment, and that's an investment in young people. It's investing in the town, and it's saying young people, you're the most important people in this town. You're the future of this town, and this building is for you. I hope it's gonna get people more on the street, um, but in a good way, in a really positive way. If, if it becomes second nature to us that we are cycling, skating, scootering, and we're getting from one place to the other, that doesn't mean we're relying on a car, and we learn all those skills here, then maybe we'll think twice about how we pick up our car key. Maybe we will think that actually it's good to exercise, to have, be outside, have a better connection with our health and well-being. We're trying to change how people think um, and we are trying to connect young people to to, to 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 a world that is about adrenaline-fueled extreme sports and allowing them to find themselves. You know, um, uh, every other sport there's a winner and a loser. There's no winner and loser here. In skate world or in climbing, You know, you're just doing it. And you're just learning those skills. And it's like, we tend to wrap our children up in cotton wool. So we can take the cotton wool off, let them find each themselves. This is a space for them to explore, be themselves, find themselves, and just really, uh, uh, just, just, learn some new skate skills and be part of this, this whole building. It's really exciting.
2: Kent Online
1: Sports. In football, Gillingham start the week in 20th place in the League One table. They've slipped to just two points above the relegation zone following a 1-0 defeat to Sunderland at the weekend. The duels managed to hold on until the 95th minute and then conceded a goal. Manager Neil Harris spoke to us afterwards and told us what he thought of the result.
7: Yeah, it's a bit of a kick in the nuts, isn't it? Um... I thought Sunderland were excellent. Um, at spells of the game really made difficult for us to get out of half. Um, you know, I think they showed their quality they possess as a f- football club. Um, why they're playing at this level, you know, be a lot of questions asked. Um, but you look at the front four players, they started with, you know, just tens of millions of pounds they've moved for uh, in, in their careers. Um, and and course, there's all sorts of problems early on. We've managed to deal with it, we've managed to adjust. Um, Four times we looked really comfortable, um, we never didn't always give a threat ourselves because it's tough. Um, I knew it was going to be a difficult game today, and it was probably going to be our hardest challenge between now and the end of the season. Um, obviously it's tough to take when you concede <coughs> last minute and it's an avoidable goal for me. Um, but sometimes you have to say fair play to the opponent because I thought they they in spells played very well today. If you want to compete against big clubs you want to compete at the higher divisions. The game lasts as long as the referee just, you know, says it's lasting and you can't switch off for a moment because you get punished against good players and that's what Sunderland done today. Good players found a way to score against us. We're part apart as football clubs when you look at the benches today and the starting 11s. But my players competed and Josh was a 17-year-old played and Bailey came off the bench as well and, and, and you know, we're asking kids to do men's jobs at the moment. Sunderland, two experienced a Championship Centre halves dominated the middle of the pitch. We didn't create as much as we have done in the other games where I've been here. Um, but I didn't, didn't really expect it to be much different. If you said to me before the game, you, you can get to 90 minutes and be at nil-nil, I'd have snapped your hand off. Um, it was probably the game I feared more than any other game since I've been in charge because I know the quality and I knew the work Alex would do in his two weeks without a game. Um, so I, I'm, not, I'm not in a position at the moment to judgment of players on what they didn't do, Um, I'd like to praise them for what they did do for 96 minutes um, and know full well that that level of performance, commitment, desire, defensive mindset will set us in good stead for the rest of the season.
1: There are only five games left to play, Gillingham are next in action against Wickham Wanderers at Priestfield on Saturday. That's all for today, thanks for listening, don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, plus you can also get access to our ad-free website by heading to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe.
2: News you can trust.
0: This is the
1: Kent Online Podcast. This podcast
0: is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Sayat, and Vauxhall.